that's much like it. All right, on Sunday, we started a very interesting, what I call a series, or we started off on Sunday, and the topic on Sunday, can anybody remind us this evening, on Sunday, we spoke about what? The power of the Holy Spirit. And seriously, as I was coming here, I really prepared for everybody this evening. This is going to be more of a Bible study than even an interactive study. Interactive enough, but we're going to study deep and we're just going to make it as interactive as possible. So we started on Sunday with the power of the whole. The power of the whole. The power of the Holy Spirit. So we started with the power of the Holy Spirit. Just as a measure of recap, the power of the Holy Spirit, as we were taught on Sunday, was God trying to let us know that we can definitely do exploit by the help of the Holy Spirit. Do we remember that? So just like Saul, we started by reading First Samuel chapter 10 from verse 9 to 11. Can we just put that up so that we'll start off with that? First Samuel chapter 10 from verse 9. And the Bible says, And this was Saul who originally went in search of his father's donkey. And at some point he met with a group of prophets. The Bible said, And when he had met with them, and so it was after the meeting, that when he had turned his back to go from Samuel, that God gave him another word, another heart. And all those signs came to pass that was prophesied that day. Verse 10 says, And when he came to the hill, there were a group of prophets to meet him. Then the Spirit of God came upon him and prophesied to him. The Holy Spirit, or what I always love to, the term I always prefer, the Holy Ghost came upon him and he prophesied among them. And verse 11 says, And it happened when all who knew him formerly saw, he indeed prophesied among the prophets that the people said to one another, What is this that has come upon the son of Kish? A Saul also among the prophets. A Saul also among the world, the prophets. Now, why could they have said this? Because the Holy Spirit came upon him and he did something different. Is that true? Now, the truth is, in this modern age, when we hear the word Holy Ghost or the word Holy Spirit, not so many of us will always go back to say the Holy Spirit can lead us to do great things. Unfortunately, when we hear Holy Ghost, the first thing that comes to the mind of an average Christian is maybe we're talking about speaking in tongues. So for everyone that has the Holy Spirit, those are the people that speak in tongues. I'm going to start by asking one or two questions, which is going to help us in the course of this meeting. Now, the senior pastor have said that with the Holy Ghost, we can do exploit. With the Holy Ghost, we can you know, chart new territories. With the help of the Holy Ghost, we can have power to do so much more. The question then, maybe we should now be asking, now this is a smaller group where we need to interact and be realistic about this. If the Holy Ghost is what we need to do great things, does it then mean 
that everybody in church has the Holy Ghost. It's a question now, so we need the mic. So on Sunday, we're all here, and the pastor said, with the Holy Ghost, we can do mighty things. So we will find people walking out of church and trying to do mighty things. Could it be that everybody that were in church on Sunday had the Holy Ghost? Because that is where we need to start from. It's a question. We're going to answer it. Could it be that everybody here, even at this moment, could it just be that all of us have the Holy Spirit and the Holy Ghost in us? Could it just be? Or could it be that for everyone that is seated here, if we do a head count, could it be that half of us have the Holy Ghost and then half do not have the Holy Ghost? Am I communicating? So that we become, let's just be real about this this evening, so that this is a smaller group, we're going to learn much more so that we can help ourselves. The Christianity race is a very interesting race, but it requires us having an element of knowledge. Between Sunday and today, I must say, just like the Holy Spirit will always inspire things to do. I have come across three friends who we have had discussion together and all the discussion somehow was centered on the Holy Spirit. The last one I had was over lunch this afternoon. Now we had a long discussion with this friend of mine of what the, what the Holy Ghost is about. She started by talking about how she has attended some discipleship class and all this, having progressed to become a worker. And then we started discussing and then the issue of the Holy Ghost came and we discussed extensively until our break and lunch was over. So the Holy Ghost moves and it directs everyone accordingly. Now, the whole church on Sunday have left and we are going out to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. The mistake may be we are going to go out expecting the supernatural, the, the, the bombshell of the Holy Ghost performance. But could it be that not everybody had the Holy Ghost? Or could it then also be that everybody had the Holy Ghost? Question that requires answer. The senior pastor would love to help. Um, I'd li like to speak last if anybody else wants to speak. Is there any hand up? Okay, Lydia's hands was, was up okay. earlier on. Okay. Praise God. Hallelujah. There's a scripture that says that nobody can confess that Jesus is Lord without the help of the Holy Ghost. So, if everybody here can say Jesus is Lord, it means that you have the Holy Ghost in you. Amen. Please let's appreciate her. Let's appreciate her. The scripture, there's a scripture that says, For no one can say that Jesus Christ is Lord except by the Holy Ghost. That is what um, Sister Lydia is saying. So, for everyone who can say that Jesus Christ is Lord means that person has the Holy Ghost. Invariably, he was definitely talking about anyone that professes that Jesus is Lord or anyone who says, I'm giving my life to Christ or anyone who says, Lord, I repent of my sin. He was inevitably teaching that for you to even come to that point. Remember, he says, for the Holy Ghost is what convicts us as Christians. So, lighter submission is for everyone who will confess that Jesus Christ is Lord has the Holy Ghost. So, I ask one question before the senior pastor says, Does any, is there anybody here that doesn't confess that Jesus Christ is Lord? 
Is there anybody that doesn't confess that Jesus Christ is Lord? So everybody here does. Amen. All right. Does anybody else? Okay. Let's give out the mic quickly. We have other questions lined up. Amen. Um, according to the Bible, John the Baptist baptized with water and Jesus with the Holy Spirit. So I believe if, if anyone can confess and believe that Jesus is Lord, he has the Holy Spirit. Most times as a child of God, I believe it's merely awake, um, awaiting our recognition of his presence and how much we can do with him. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Let's appreciate her very well for that. So her submission is also close to what Lydie is saying, that as far as the Holy Spirit is concerned, it may be in everyone, but the manifestation, if I get you right, may just be what we are waiting for. Any other person? So the whole church, could it be that everybody had the Holy Spirit? Is it possible? Or is it also possible whether you are against or for? Just say your mind. All right, the senior pastor will help now. Um, everybody's being guarded. Yes, the Bible says no man can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. But he says if you, if you confess the Lord from your heart and speak with your mouth that Jesus is the Son of God, you are saved. A lot of people confess with their mouth and their heart is not in it. So Jesus said, you draw near me with your lips, but your heart is far away from me. So I don't think everybody that is in church has the Holy Spirit. And I don't even think everybody that says I'm born again is really born again. I agree that if you're born again, you have a measure of the Spirit. When you get saved, there is a measure, but there is what is called the infilling. And there is the overflowing. And then we got to the walking in the Spirit. Because if I have the Holy Spirit, but I don't walk in the Spirit, I will fulfill the law of the flesh. And when we get to the um, subject of um, fruit of the Spirit, it is the fruit of those who have the Spirit and walk in the Spirit. You can have the Spirit and have no fruit because you are not walking in the Spirit. So I would like to hear what you've got to say about it. My, my, my concern now is everybody here, ask yourself, do I have the Spirit? And if I have the Spirit, a part of the evidence of speaking in tongues, do I have the fruit to prove that I have the Spirit? Praise the Lord. You see, that's why I would have preferred him to speak after the whole session, maybe like five minutes to eight. Amen. Praise the Lord. All right. Any other person? The senior pastor have thrown another dimension of light. So what Sister Lide and her sister Elia said is anybody that says Jesus Christ is Lord has a measure or has the Holy Ghost. But the senior pastor have thrown light, Romans chapter 10 verse 10, which is what he said, For with the hearts one believeth unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made. For the scripture says, whoever believes on him will not be put to shame. So it's one thing to also say it, that Jesus Christ is Lord. We've seen people who have given their life to Christ and have taken it back immediately. Haven't we seen it? Altar call is made. He came, gave it, and before he left, he's taking it back. Praise the Lord. So that is why by Wednesday, you make an altar call. That same person may come back. 
So, but it has to come with the heart as we've seen now. Confession is made with the mouth. But heart is where the whole thing ends and starts. Is that clear? No. So now, what is a submission now? Is it true that everybody has the Holy Spirit or Holy Ghost? Is it true that everybody in church has the Holy Ghost? Let's have a chorus answer. Yes or no? Let's not force it on you. If you say yes, just raise your hands and wave it. If you say yes, everybody has it. Now, if you say no, not everybody has it, can you just wave your hand? Okay, so that is question number one. Praise the Lord. So what it means is that on Sunday when everybody left, it may not be everybody that will be able to walk in the power of the Holy Ghost. So because it's going to be for those who have it. We're not going to go into details today, trust me, because we're still going to have a lot of teaching about this Holy Spirit, but we're just going to just scratch the surface. When you scratch the surface, then it's going to give you a reason to hunger for what is going to come very soon. So we've dealt with question number one. We're going to go to question number two. So it's possible that not everybody that is in church has the Holy Spirit. And the answer is not everyone that is in church have the Holy Ghost. Not everyone has the Holy Ghost. Now let me ask another question. Maybe it will help us come back for those who maybe are still having a bit of doubt. Now let me ask a question. Is it also possible that everybody in church or anybody that says Jesus Christ is Lord, does it mean, let me rephrase it, does it also mean that anybody that says Jesus Christ is Lord, genuinely a Christian? Now, let's now assume this person is genuinely a Christian, really confesses with the mouth and professes with the heart and receives it with the heart. So this person is genuinely a Christian, no doubt about that. If this person is a Christian, does this mean that this person has received the baptism of the Holy Ghost? This is a very detailed teaching now. Does it mean that this person has been baptized by the Holy Spirit? So Jesus Christ is Lord. Then does it mean that this person have been, have been baptized in the Holy Ghost? Or after receiving Christ, he has to wait a little longer before he is now baptized in the Holy Ghost. Anybody? I tell you, I have a lot of questions. So we may just end up asking questions. If we find answer, fine. If we do not find answer, we'll get answer very soon. Praise the Lord. So I, here I am. We have crossed that path that not everybody have the Holy Ghost. So here I am. I am born again. The priest, Jesus Christ is Lord. Repent now and be baptized. And so I now receive Christ. I confess Jesus Christ is Lord. Since Elijah preached to me, I now confess during evangelism, Jesus Christ is Lord. Does it mean that that person have now received the baptism of the Holy Spirit? Or does he have to wait for the Holy Spirit to come later on? A question. Now, because we've been in church for a very long time, some of us five years, some of us 10 years, some of us 15 years. 
So I'm not so sure we should have divergence in answer or divergence in belief. This is going to help us as a church as we grow. I keep one thing in mind when the senior pastor was giving us a word for the year. He keeps saying that you need also to work closely with God. How many of us miss that part? If you did miss that part, I didn't. So in this year, the, God is definitely leading us that we're, we're not going to just scratch surfaces anymore. We're just going to know what it means to, you know, be a better person, be a better Christian, and, you know, love God better. So the question is simple. Now I have said Jesus Christ is Lord. Has the Holy Spirit come into me by that assertion or by that confession? Or do I have to wait and be in church for another one year before the Holy Ghost come into me? So that when we live here, we'll have that understanding that we can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. It is one thing for you to think you can. And it is another thing for you to have that knowledge that you have the resources to walk in that power. So the question is thrown again. Jesus Christ is Lord, I have confessed. Do I have the Holy Ghost already in me by that confession or do I have to wait? Anybody? Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I think if one, it depends on um, the, the heart attitude of the person that is giving his or her life to Christ. If you genuinely give your life to Christ, at the time of giving your life to Christ. In this instance, it's a, genuine. Yes, that's, a, that's the Holy Spirit in you instantly. Because it's the spirit that actually makes you to confess Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior. And then, just like the parable given to us in the scriptures talked about the word that entered in the stony place, in the unfettered um, ground and all that, and then what, if you don't develop yourself, if you don't continue with that day acceptance of Jesus Christ and develop, then the word, if the word is choked and died in you, the Holy Spirit is not active anymore. So, is your answer that the person that says Jesus Christ is Lord has received the Holy Ghost. Now, because if you live here and we cannot answer about four or six questions that I have here, then that possibly will put a doubt in what we believe and what we have been running with for a very long time. I don't, am I, am I in sync with anybody here? Are we together? No, come on, are we together? Now, we're sounding a little bit cold. Please, are we together? Does anybody have another answer to that? Yes, we have Brother Mitchell. Good evening, church. Good evening. I still want to corroborate what uh, Mommy Chukura said, and I will share a personal experience. Yes, we have the Holy Spirit in us, but I also think it depends on your how desirous you are, you know, about him and the, being baptized in the Holy Spirit. I gave my life to Christ, and afterwards I went through uh, baptism by immersion. At the moment, some people, by the time they were brought out of the water, they started speaking in tongues. They they were baptized by the Holy Ghost, but my by this, I'm not saying there is a time limit. At that point, 
Do you think you had the Holy Ghost in you? To be frank, I wasn't sure. You weren't sure. I wasn't sure. Okay. But when I received the baptism of the Holy Spirit, I knew because from that moment I started testing and for for him I started praying, I started waiting until I think it was here in Lagos I went uh, to MFM, the, the national headquarters, and after the, the service, a group of people were called out and said, for those who want to receive the baptism of the Holy Spirit. So you went in the midst of prophets like Saul, and afterwards you were able to speak in tongues, is that what you're saying? Not really. Okay. We were giving it just a prayer point, and I started praying that prayer. I never knew when I down. I said, God, this experience, let it continue. That was how, even after when I when I got home, it continued gradually continued until you had an infield. Okay, let's appreciate him. But I wish you answered the question. So, at, for your own submission, you buy into what she said, but you are not so sure at the moment. If you are using your life experience, which means you went through the water baptism. You received Christ as your Lord and personal Savior. You went through the water baptism. You weren't sure after confessing Christ as Lord. You weren't still sure after baptizing and identifying with his death, resurrection, and um, his burial, death, and resurrection. And you weren't still sure if you've had the Holy Ghost come into you. All right. We. Yes, we'll clear that in a GV. I've not heard him speak. I'm not so sure I have. So it's a privilege. Let's appreciate him for lifting up his hands. Good evening, Church. I, I don't think I will agree to that submission. You know. Because there are two different things here. When you give your life to Christ, that does not mean that you have the legal authority there. There is a time, I, I, I don't know how to put it now, you know, um, the scripture says, and you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. So there is a time lag. It's not, it's not an imitating, and you give your life to plant, you just say, no. The evidence, you must have the evidence, and the, what is the evidence? The evidence you must be able to speak in tongues. That's the evidence that you have received. The Holy okay, so his submission is this. Are we learning something here? Because don't live here, my, my desire is, don't live here as you came. You're going to, in, in learning curves, we're told there are three stages of learning, which we're going to do today. Number one, there's something called the learning stage. As you're gathered here, you're going to start learning some things. And then you're going to find out that some of the things you learned, you knew before now, doesn't seem to be quite correct. So there's going to be the second stage, which is the unlearning stage. You have to unlearn some of the things you have known before now. It's not as if they were totally wrong. Remember, the Bible says he revealed to us per time. We know per time. And the third stage is going to what is what you're going to have to get to before you leave here, which is the relearning stage. The first stage is learning, which you are going to learn. And then you're going to understand that they are not really tied to what you knew before, which will require you to unlearn, then learn again what may just be the best. So we have another leg to that, which he says he doesn't believe that the fact that you say Jesus Christ is Lord, 
that the Holy Ghost have come upon you or you have been baptized in the Holy Spirit. I'm still waiting for the Spirit Coco here to speak. So I'm watching and I'm waiting. I'll take one or two more concerning that question. I will just put a scratching answer to it, which we're going to learn much later. Any other person? Here I am, Jesus Christ is Lord, I've confessed. I've even done baptism. Does it mean I have received the Holy Ghost at that point? Anybody? Please help me. Don't leave me here alone. Any other person? Now, the senior pastor said something in between lines, which I'm just going to use to answer. I sort of agree with the last speaker. So you agree also with the last speaker? I, I know that when you give your life to Christ, you have a measure of the Spirit of God. I mean, just like the day of Pentecost, they were, also, they were already Christians. But it was somehow they were in the presence of God, praising God and the Spirit of God. It was then they were baptized by the Holy Ghost and they started speaking in diverse tongues. So you may get born again, but you may just have some measure of the Spirit of God. The day I got born again, they wanted all of us to speak in tongues. They said, if you've spoken in tongues, leave. I stood there. And they touched me and said, you spoke in tongues. I didn't believe. So, because I was saying, our Father, we in heaven, in my own mind. And they said, I spoke in tongues. The day I started speaking in tongues, I was alone. Maybe a year or two later. I was alone in the house. I was praising God, singing, and then I started singing in tongues. And I stopped because I couldn't understand myself anymore. So there was a time between, you know, giving my life to Christ and when the Holy Spirit really came upon me. So, <laughs> praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, let's, let's, you want to say something? Okay, let's hear from her. Then I'm just going to throw a little sand, sand into everything. I don't know if see. a comment or a question, but when you accept okay. Jesus, you become a new being. And that's, I think, the person of the Holy Spirit. God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit, all in one. So when you accept Jesus, you accept the Holy Spirit, becomes a new being and begins to transform you. So I don't understand when you say you accept Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior that you're not exactly... You don't understand, no one. Amen. Let's appreciate her for throwing that up. Now, she made a valid, valid point. Before she stood up, I wanted to ask a question. So, some of us believe that when you receive Jesus Christ, the Lord and personal Savior, maybe you have not received the Holy Ghost. So, the Holy Ghost should come later. It's like saying you are inviting the family of um, Dr. Femi Paul for dinner in your house. Then at the door, you now say, Oh, Pastor Femi Paul, I so much love you. You can come in. Ah, who is this? My wife. Ah, the wife can stay outside. I received the man, but the wife can stay outside. And so he tried to say, Ah, we are one. You can't receive me without receiving my wife. He said, No, your wife can come later. Let me just receive you now as my Lord and personal Savior. Then your wife can come later. Do we get it? So, who did you receive as your Lord and personal Savior? Jesus Christ. Is that correct? Jesus and Holy Ghost, are they separated? What you are invariably saying, I received Jesus into my life. Jesus that I've gone. He's not even on earth. He has gone. 
So you are receiving that one, and there's Holy Spirit he sends to us. You are saying, maybe he will come later. Do we get it? I want us to be logical here because it requires us to have that understanding. We keep using, sometimes we use interchange two words because it was first used in Acts chapter 2. But we were all baptized in the Holy Spirit. So what you are saying invariably, can you receive Jesus Christ into your life and not receive the Holy Ghost with him? If that answer is yes, which I do not think, you cannot receive Jesus into your life and do not receive the Holy Ghost. The senior pastor said something. He said, when you have the infill of the Holy Spirit, there are two different things. To have the infill of the Holy Ghost. This is how I usually explain it. Just watch this carefully. You, two people, dive into the water to swim. So they dive into the swimming pool and they are good swimmers. Maybe they thought they were. So two people are swimming and then one is swimming, the other one is also swimming, right? If they come out of the water, what will be the evidence that they've been soaked in water? They will become what? Now let's have some rest. They will become what? So the two of them will be what? Will be wet. They go again and were swimming and then one started drowning. And when you're drowning, definitely what will be entering your mouth? Water. So you start struggling for life. So the other person helps him and comes out of the water. When they come out of the water, what is the evidence they've gone into the water again? They will be both what? Were they baptized in that water? Were they? Baptism means total immersion. So if the water is Jesus, if the water is the Holy Ghost, they have gone in, they are swimming. Are they not? So are they baptized in the water? If they come out, what is going to be the evidence that they've been in water? That evidence is not the evidence that we are already know. It is like saying the fruit. There's difference between the fruit of the Holy Ghost and the gift of the Holy Ghost or the evidence of the Holy Spirit. We're going to go into that. So the other person is drowning and he comes out of the water. When somebody is drowning, they're going to do this uh, medical something, blah, 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 right? They start pressing the chest. If you press the chest, what is going to come out of him? The other person that never got drowned, if he opened his mouth, what is going to come out? Air. Is that not right? The other person is filled with water when he went in there. The other person was not filled with the water. But did he swim in the Holy Ghost? But was he filled in the Holy Ghost? So if both of them comes out, the other person that was filled with the Holy Ghost, if he opens his mouth, what will come out? Which is what the evidence or the fruit of the Holy Ghost. But were they both baptized? We're still scratching the surface. We're going to go deeper much later on. Let's just keep asking the question. But you're just going to get an understanding. The whole idea of today is when you live here, you will know where you are. If you are contented with where you are, fine. If you are not contented, you will desire it and you will get it. It's, an, it's a very interesting topic. It's a very interesting experience. It's a very interesting work. It doesn't need to please anybody. You see, the church, sometimes we, we interchange them. Somebody is baptized in the Holy Spirit. The other person is filled in the Holy Ghost. There are two different things. For you, 
Do we have a hand there? Yes. Ask your question. Ex- explain. You know the disciples that followed Jesus. They left all and followed him. Yeah. But, you know, Jesus said to them it was important for him to go so that he could send the Holy Spirit. So could you explain, where, whilst Jesus was alive with them, did they have the Holy Spirit? Because Jesus said it was important for him to go so that he will now send the Holy Spirit. So there is also a kind of time lag that they followed Christ. They left everything to follow Jesus, the 12 disciples, right? But then the Holy Spirit had not yet come. Jesus had to die, to go, resurrect, and then he sent the comforter. So, so can you explain How could they have believed in Jesus Christ yes, and not have the have Holy Ghost? Yes. Thank God I'm not alone. Two hands behind me. Amen. Mini, mini, mani, mo. Okay, like there is the one it falls on. Okay, praise God. Uh, during the days of Jesus, this was only in Jesus. But when Jesus departed, he said he will send the comforter. So after this person, now we are under grace, the person of the spirit. So um, this is no longer in one person. No, no, no. brought to everybody. Praise the Lord. Okay. okay I like to say that um, that was the era of Jesus. They had mm. Jesus as a human being. So God came in the form of man to show us a sample of what it would be like for us to live. Or what Jesus intended, or what God intended. Now, when He left, He sent the Holy Spirit. So, the Old Testament had God, the New Testament had Jesus. We were in the realm of the Holy Spirit. We still have God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit in one, but we're reigning in the realm of the Spirit. That's why when He was leaving, He sent the Spirit to us. So, once He accepted Jesus, He accepted the Holy Spirit at the same time. They had Jesus in the human being, as an human being, during His own reign. Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. When we we'll go deeper in the subject of the person of the Holy Spirit, one of the things you should first understand is what is called the difference between walking in law, walking under the law, and walking under grace. It's a very simple subject, but it's a very important knowledge, knowledge part that you need to understand before you start this journey at all. The difference between walking under the law and walking under the grace. Are we still under the law or under the grace? So are we not under the law? We are under grace. We are under grace now. Since we are in the dispensation of grace. Can you walk under the law in the dispensation of grace? Oh, too much question. Let's just leave that aside. Anyway, praise the Lord. Can you walk under the law, under dispensation of grace? Remember, the law demands that you do. Grace says it is done. The law says when you... Sorry? If you are not what? If you are not born again under the law. I'm not even talking about those who are born, not born again. I'm talking about those who are born again. It's possible to be a Christian and still unknowingly be walking under the law. We're going to teach that much later. You're going to understand that. But let me, amen. 
Let me shed light to your question. The Holy Spirit never had never come to the world. The first time it announced itself in the fullness to all was in Acts chapter 2. It has always come and gone as God will want him to come and go. We've heard of the Holy Spirit falling on Saul and all the rest. It comes and goes. That is why when Peter, I think Peter in Acts chapter 2, he says, this thing we are doing is us fulfilling scriptures according to Joel. In the latter days, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. They could not have the Holy Ghost because the Son was yet to be glorified. It is only when he was glorified that the Holy Ghost could come. Your question also is, how could they not have the Holy Ghost when they were Christians? In fact, some Bible scholars believe some of them were believed Jesus in totality after Jesus had left. That is why when Jesus died, they all scattered. Do you remember that story? Everybody went to his own way. This Jesus thing, it seems it did not work. Jesus had to now gather them all over again. If they so believed in Jesus, why did they all scatter? When Jesus had told them, continue, they all scattered. Jesus had to now appear to them like ghosts and brought them together. And they now their eyes were now opened and they said, Be, alas, this is Christ. It was then he now told them, tarry in Jerusalem until the Holy Ghost does come upon you. Amen. Just for clarity's sake. Amen. Are we together here? Where did we stop? There's a question we are asking. Which question do we stop at? No, under law and grace was just Jara. It's not part of it. I think we're saying can... Sorry? Yes, if you are born again, does it mean you have the Holy Spirit? Is that where we are? Okay, let me go to question number three. I'm just telling you, we're just scratching the surface. As much as we can, we will answer. But let it just bring you into let it disturb you third question is can I have the Holy Ghost now they say I have the Holy Ghost since I say Jesus Christ is Lord we're going to go to the subject of baptism because that is very very key can I have the Holy Spirit I think we've answered that a little bit can I have the Holy Spirit and still not be able to speak in tongues so I have the Holy Spirit, but I cannot speak in tongues. Is it possible? If that's where you're going to find out that a lot of where a lot of Christians are. We have the Holy Spirit, but we may not, we do not have many people that have the infill of the Holy Ghost. We're going to come much into that. But I think we've answered that, right? Where we gave analogy of someone swimming and all the rest, right? Now, this question is going to be disturbing. But don't ask me because what I always say to people, I do not know and I cannot answer that question. So that is why I'm bringing it to you guys. One of the criteria of Jesus was baptism. One of the criteria of Jesus was baptism. Two questions. If I don't get baptized, can I still have the Holy Spirit? If I do not get baptized by water now, baptism by water. Very important. If you read carefully, all the scriptures according to the Acts of the Apostles, where the disciples were walking fervently, they were so crazy and they were so particular about everyone they met that they ensured they were baptized in water. 
Cornelius was one example. They said Cornelius, they preached to Cornelius, they accepted Jesus. And they said, Cornelius is not complete, you must be baptized with water. They preached to the Enoch, the man even said, this is water, what are we waiting for? I don't know what they were saying, that the people were so eager to be baptized in water. Can it then be possible, can I still receive the Holy Spirit, in feel of the Holy Spirit, if I'm not baptized in water? And is this water baptism really, really important for Christians? In the Christian race, is it so important? For people who have not received it that are still in church, what is their faith? Does it mean something at the end will not work well or, you know, cross the tears? Is it that important? Water baptism now. Because we've talked about the, what, the Holy Ghost baptism, which we've just, you know, we're still going to come back to that. Now let's face water baptism. Because we are looking at all the things that are required in this journey of receiving the Holy Ghost. So that we can walk in the power of the Holy Spirit. Let's look at the subject of baptism. Is it compulsory for every believer? And if I don't have it, does it disqualify me from some of the things that we share in the Christendom? Anybody? Bro, okay, well, you've not said anything. Should I give you the mic? Please, let's appreciate him. He wants to say something. There are some people I'm waiting to learn from here, but I've not said anything. Let me not mention them. Pastor. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Okay, so, uh, personal experience, I don't believe uh, that until you get baptized uh, by mansion before you can receive the Holy Ghost. I strongly believe that when you give your life to Christ uh, and you have not been opportuned to be baptized by water, you can actually get the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and if I use my experience growing up, the way we were brought up, uh, uh, by the time you register for baptism class, before you even go get qualified to be baptized, it's like we are learning other prophets, right? You are being taught how to hear God how to hear the Spirit of God, and uh, you are being uh, trained to exercise your faith till you receive the evidence of the Holy Ghost, which is speaking in tongues, and that is like a final prerequisite before you can even get baptized in water. So one of the prerequisites was, you must get to the point where you can even speak in tongues before you can be baptized. Amen. Praise the Lord. Let's appreciate him for his own experience. Hallelujah. Any other person? Let's, let's, let's just get this heated up now. Yes, sister. Do we have any other person there? Okay. What the scripture says about uh, baptism and baptism, it said, he who believes and is baptized. So there are two things. He who believes and is baptized is saved. So, it comes, it goes to say that baptism is very important for Christian life. Because it's like, it's like declaring your total submission to Jesus Christ. And the, when Jesus came to John to be baptized, John said, ah, I'm not in the place to, to baptize you. He said, but let it be done so that it will fulfill all things. So that we... But he came to teach us and show us the way so that we that be coming after will not look down on baptism by mansion as if it is not important. Jesus came to give us example. It's not that you will not 
continue growing. That's why it's important that immediately after, after salvation, the next stage is water baptism. But for some reason, so many people don't do that. And uh, it doesn't stop them, those who, are, who gave their life to Christ, and it doesn't stop them from growing in the Lord until they have the opportunity to be baptized. That's what, what the main teaching is that we should be baptized. Let's appreciate mommy. Yeah. Let's I, appreciate her very much. Can, can, oh, I, yes. can I come in? Yes, At sir. the risk of getting our minds in a turmoil, I know what you're trying to do. You're trying to waken us up to the importance of the Holy Spirit. But there are so many questions now that can leave people worse than when they came in. So let's try and sort them out one by one. For me, the issue of the Holy Spirit, like Pastor Etefia said, has become clear that that is 95% of the reason why the Christian church does not reflect what the gospel says. No one can say Jesus is Lord except by the Spirit. You start by Spirit, we continue by the Spirit, we must end by the Spirit. It is when there is a departure from the Spirit that we begin to act like our old self. So the question of water and um, Holy Ghost baptism. Jesus is the builder of the church. He is the perfect man. The Bible says unto the perfect man. Right? He went through water baptism. John asked him and said, ah, I can't baptize you. He said, no, 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 no. That's the order. Permit it to be so. When he finished baptism, as he came out of the Jordan, came upon him. So anybody who is following the Lord, except you have another Lord, you follow after his pattern. If Jesus sought water, he went to Jordan by himself, you better go. So all this theology doesn't matter. What matters is an example has been set. And the spirit came upon him. As a matter of fact, this is what John said. He said, indeed, um, John... uh, Matthew 3 and verse 11. He says, indeed, I baptize you... Unto, with water unto repentance, but he who is come after me is mightier than I, whose sandals I'm not worthy to carry. He will baptize you with the Holy Spirit and fire. The baptism of the Holy Spirit is superior to the baptism of water. That was what was until Jesus came. And so you'll find people like Cornelius. When the Bible says an angel appeared and says, your good works have come before God. The Bible says, whilst Peter was speaking the word, the Holy Spirit fell upon them that were in the house, all of them, and they started to speak in tongues. They were not baptized in water yet. Because the superior will always be superior. But to the mature Christian, you, you take everything you can't say because I'm baptized in the Holy Spirit, I don't need baptism of water. As long as that is the standard of the Lord, that is a standard we follow. That's mine. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, is that clear now? Now, because where we're going to is the submission when Jesus visited Nicodemus. Yes, John chapter 3, 
If you read from verse 5, it's just going to can be you, us. Can you allow me to okay. say something here? Look up on the screen. It says, the Lord who is coming after me, who is greater and mightier than I, he will baptize you with the Holy Spirit. He didn't say Holy Spirit alone. Holy Spirit and fire. Why Christianity does not have fire in a lot of people is either there isn't Holy Spirit or there isn't enough measure of the Holy Spirit or you have walked away from the Holy Spirit. So today when you see a lot of Christians that there is no fire, it is the quantum of the spirit you have and you walk in that will demonstrate how much fire is evident in your life. Holy Spirit and fire go together. The moment you start feeling your fire go down, your level of the Holy Spirit, as far as I'm concerned, is down. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. Now, does that answer that question there? So, we just going to see, we're all going to see just the little steps here and there. What is going to make you understand, just as I said, rightly said earlier, at the end, we're going to have a standard or a good measure of exactly where we are. Are we together? So that when we're talking about the power of the Holy Ghost, we would know how to run with those words. And at the end of the day, we're just going to see much later on that. It's just going to conclude in having an understanding that the Holy Ghost is not just a ghost. It's more of a person that requires a continual work with. Amen. Now, let's go into that. John chapter 3, verse 5. When Jesus was speaking to Cornelius, Cornelius wasn't a small boy. He was a man of the law. He understood all what was the law before now. And Jesus said to him, Verily I say unto you, in verse 5, Except a man be born of what? Water and what? The spirit, he cannot enter the kingdom of God. That which is born of the flesh is flesh, and that which is born of the spirit is spirit. So, in other words, Jesus was saying that in the new birth is going to come by the reason of understanding that there is going to be a resurrection, a burial, and a death, which we are expected to what? To follow to follow as he has instructed. So, bottom line, he is also saying, don't glory in the fact that you've been born of the water. The most important one he says is that we're going to be born of what? The spirit as well. So, until that happens, then he was able to say that we are of the spirit. Remember, he said, we are all new creatures. All things are what? Are passed away. Just because we have started a new journey. Now, let's just recap all the questions so that we just put a little cap on them before we leave. Amen. Now, first and foremost, we ask, is the Holy Spirit, can the Holy Spirit come upon everyone? We've answered the question. And what's the answer? The answer is simple. That the fact that we are all in church doesn't actually mean we all have it. So, everybody that has it must have first confessed that Jesus Christ is Lord and have received him from his or her what? Her heart. Then we said it may not be totally so that you can receive Jesus and not receive the Holy Ghost. But it can be so that you may have the Holy Spirit, but you may not have experienced the infill of the Holy Ghost, which we're not going to treat up today. And we also asked, can we receive the Holy Spirit? And one other question was, 
Can we receive the Holy Spirit and not also speak in tongues, which we've um, answered. You may have the Holy Spirit, but you may not have the infill of the Holy Spirit, which requires, somebody did answer that, that it requires a desire from every individual that we want it. Now, back to the subject. Now that we know where we could possibly be, that there is a work that requires to be done for us to have the understanding if we have the Holy Ghost so that we can operate in the power of the Holy Ghost. Is that clear? So if we say we need to operate in the power of the Holy Ghost, you need to know where you are. Do we have a good measure of it? Do we have it enough to talk to? Do we have it enough for him to guide us in our everyday affairs? I think one thing I learned in our self-fellowship on Sunday was very interesting. What somebody did say that sometimes you will expect the Holy Spirit to do the miraculous. But he usually don't start with the miraculous. He starts with the unmiraculous. He wants to do something big. But he's taking us through little steps here and there. For instance, the Holy Spirit says, But I told me, I want you to drive towards Agidingbi. Don't go towards Ojota. Your normal route is what? Agidingbi, right? So, sorry, Ojota. But the Holy Spirit says, Drive towards Agidingbi. The Holy Spirit usually will not tell you what he wants to accomplish in Agidingbi. Because he requires you to walk with him and be able to walk with him part time. Example is when the Holy Spirit wanted to minister to the Enoch. He told, was it Philip or Peter? Philip, he said, take up your horse and start going towards the east or the west. He didn't tell him he was about to save a soul. So we are expecting God to do something big. One example I'll put in our modern day age is somebody, a friend of mine back then said he was so disturbed, even in his dream. The Holy Spirit kept telling him, update your LinkedIn profile. He did not know why he needed to update his LinkedIn profile. So in his mind, he wanted to get, uh, he just wanted to make his LinkedIn profile. He wasn't looking for another job. He wasn't looking for anything. So the Holy Spirit kept telling him, update your LinkedIn profile. Just as a way he would keep telling us part time when we walk with him. Can we be obedient enough when it doesn't look as if anything is coming that you go ahead and update the LinkedIn profile? According to him, he updated the LinkedIn profile and until he did, he found peace. Nothing did happen the first year. Nothing even happened the second year. But on the third year, a, a multinational company called him that they saw his LinkedIn profile and they were impressed with it. Is that God doing the miraculous. Now, is that the power of the Holy Spirit at work? But if you see him having the multinational job, did he start with God saying, I'm giving you a multinational job today, take it? Do you see where we're coming from? So it requires a walk with him, which we are going to learn much later on, how to walk with the Holy Ghost. It's not difficult. Some of us think it's very difficult that only some people can have it. So that we can have this experience of the miraculous. The power is in the Holy Spirit. But it requires us to have an understanding where we are with him. So that if we are not there yet, if you are not contented with where you are, you can do more to get more closer. You can do more to hear him better. You can do more to have a better relationship. And there and only then... 
can we hear him much better. There is power in the Holy Spirit, but he requires us to have that in us first so that we can have a daily walk with him. Praise the Lord. Are we together here? So, just like Philip, so the Bible says, and the Bible says, and he went through to him, and the Holy Ghost said, walk closer to him. And by the time he rode closer to him, the scripture now told him, the Bible now said, the Holy Ghost told him, and he found the Enoch reading a scripture in the Bible, which was what he didn't understand. And it took Philip to interpret it to him before he could have a measure of that understanding, and a soul was saved. So the miraculous will come, but it will require us to walk with him every day, per second, as we go on. It may not look as if what he's saying now is going to do anything, but if it's an instruction that comes from the pulpit, it's the Holy Spirit that's speaking. If the instruction that comes through maybe our HOD, is still the Holy Spirit that's speaking. So he requires us to continually walk with him, gradual walk with him, and at the end, the supernatural is going to happen. And it's happening part time because the power and the potency is there. But it requires us to have continual daily work with him. And that is going to be our experience in Jesus' name. Uh, I want to make a contribution. How many of you agree that there seems to be a loss of the subject of the Holy Spirit in the church? And with the loss of the person of the Holy Spirit, there has been a loss of power. Do you agree? What, what, what do you think it happened it's as if the more we learned to use our natural abilities, we left the spiritual thing. But do you know that that is one sign that should separate the believer and the unbeliever? The Bible says, as many as are led of the spirit, they are evidentially the sons of God. So, there's, a, there's something that bothers me. We are don't even try to be led anymore. We Google everything. I, I want, I want, something happened to me yesterday that seemed ordinary. Because when it was Pastor Etefe that started talking about this Holy Spirit thing. And it started getting to me that I keep saying, why are people like this? And I realized it's, it's a lack of the Spirit. When there is a loss of the Spirit, you become carnal. Carnal does not mean bad, but you walk like mere men. Paul said, do I do you walk like mere men? That's an insult for a child of God to walk like a mere man. You have reduced yourself. It's like a human being acting like an animal. I sat in my car. Yesterday. What's yesterday? Tuesday. I left the office. Can somebody remind me? Where did I say I was going? I left the office on characteristically. I was going to Okwebi. I can't even remember what I went to do. So my driver was driving. I was busy at the back of the car. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, look at the temperature gauge of your car. It's nothing like that has happened to me in a long time. Do you know as I stretched my neck, it wasn't red. This is almost a brand new car. Nothing like that ever happens to a car like that. And I said, Ben, the temperature is on red, maximum. 
And he looked at me and said, how do you know? I said, the Holy Spirit said, look. Now, if I did look, the next thing is smoke will start coming out of the engine. I, I was on Bank Anthony where it's embarrassing for a person like me to come out of the car, start looking for a driver. Um, on Bank Anthony way. I said, what? Do you know how many things will... We will have missed if we're led of the spirit. A lot of things we got into. The Holy Spirit will warn you. Bible says he will show you the things to come. If my driver did not know I'm a man of God before. Yesterday's evidence. He said how? Red. Then I said father this is not good. We're in traffic. Nowhere to park. I said this car cannot operate like this. I said you must have shown me. It's not so that I get down and start embarrassing myself. If you can show me, you can fix this thing. As the Lord leaves, the thing just went, just shook like this and came back. Then it started going up again. I said, no, 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 no. It came back again. So it said, should we park? There was this police something. I said, no, don't park. This car must take us to, to the office. As we were going, the traffic now stopped. We got on Towing Street. It was better. As we were moving, the temperature came above normal a bit. When we got to the office, I called my mechanic. He said there was little water in the system. So number one, the man driving did not know. The man at the back, my car is a long wheelbase. is what is called limo. So the person at the back cannot see the dial. Is the one that saw it. And then because the Lord showed me, he gave me command over the engine. I brought the car here. The man looked at me and said, he put some water in it. He said, tomorrow I'll change the liquid. Issue. God was trying to call my attention to something that you are so powerful, but you left your power behind. You're, you're, you're so powerful. If we operate on the level of ordinary people, the covenant is really of no effect except to get you to heaven. Why don't you live triumphantly here and go to heaven in glory? As many as are led. The church today, we are arranging everything like unbelievers. It's not supposed to be so. You are not supposed to have only eyes. You should have eyes of understanding. And that's why there's hardly any difference between us and unbelievers. So it was a wake up call for me because I preached in the power of the Holy Spirit. And like Pastor Etefe said, the measure of the Spirit you have is the measure that you can operate in. See, when you get born again, what he's saying is true. You get a measure of the Spirit. That's the truth. But then when you receive the infilling of the Holy Spirit, it takes you to a level where you can operate on the spiritual level. Flow of the spirit. That's why the Bible says, do not be drunk in wine, but be drunk in the spirit. You begin to prophesy, you begin to say things that you should not know. Then when you walk in the spirit, you will now demonstrate the fruit of the spirit and not the carnality that everybody else is struggling with. That's the reason why we're struggling. See, in church, two people can't do business together. You know why? Integrity is an issue. We don't do business together. Are you not afraid of the person leading at you? 
Because we're not walking in the spirit. So this series on the Holy Spirit is what is going to get us back on track. As a matter of fact, that's where we started from. Something came and reduced our flow of the spirit. We were known to be men and women of the spirit. Now, we walk like mere men. May the Lord take us back where we started from in Jesus' name. Let's celebrate the world one more time. Alright, we're going to wrap up with this. Psalms about 110 verse 3 says, In the days of his power, the people shall be willing. In the days of his what? Power, the people shall be willing. It Could it just be that reason why we beg Christians for everything? Please come for um, Sunday service. Please come for midweek service. Please come for choir practice. Please come for this. So we practically beg the same way we cajole every other person to come for any other thing. Please come for this. Please come for prayer meetings. Please come for this. But it says in the days of his power, the willingness shall come from what? From the people. May the Lord help us in the name of Jesus. In the power of the Holy Spirit. First, it will require us to have a good measure of where we are in his work. And the beautiful thing is that this work is progressive. You can move from one level to the other, which we are going to learn much later on. But have that in mind. It requires a continual walk with God, daily meditating on his word. What you daily meditate on, the Bible says, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth word speaketh. We asked somebody in the office, was it yesterday, what does the scripture mean that be not excess in wine to be drunken, but be drunken in the Holy Spirit. And he said, the Bible is telling you, drink alcohol, but not too much. Amen. Praise the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. So, if the pastor chooses to use that, anybody can interpret it as, senior pastor say we should go and drink wine, but we should not be what? Drunk in it. So, but the writer of it was trying to say that you must be filled with the Holy Ghost. That as a drunk man behaves, it will get to a point you lose control. If you've not gotten to that point, you can get to that point. So you lose control. You lose your senses. You don't even know when you do some things. All they will say is that you did this, you did that in the power of his spirit. Direction is key. Amen. So our charge is going to be, as we go on our daily activities, let's try it. If we have to use this week, one beautiful thing about working in the spirit is, just like the senior pastor gave an example, if you have one experience, you will desire another. You will be so confident and another will come. And if you have two, you will be confident you will have another one. If you have the third one, if you don't have the fourth, you get disturbed. In fact, you will know that maybe you are not doing right or, and the spirit still ministers in silence. When he's silent, he's still ministering. So for every success you have, by the leading of the Holy Spirit, the desire will increase. I keep using example in Matthew, or I think in Luke, the, the record according to Luke. The Bible says, seek and you shall what? Find. Knock and the door shall be what? And ask and it shall be what? Given unto you. The account in Luke. And he says, what do you think he was asking or telling us to do? To seek for what? 
So you know we read that scripture very well. Let's look for it. I think it's Luke chapter... No, I prefer the Luke version. Let's just get it and we'll wrap up. Or do we have the Matthew version first? The Luke version is Luke 11 verse 9. I think so. Look, look, 11 verse 9. Okay, let's read together now. He says, So I say to you, ask, it will be what? Seek and knock and verse 10. For everyone who asks, receives, and everyone who seeks, finds. And verse 11. If a son asks for bread from any father amongst you, will he give him stone? No. Or if he asks for fish, will he give him serpent instead? No. Verse 12. Or if he asks for egg, will he give him scorpion? No. Verse 13. If you then, being evil people, you even know how to give good things to your children, because they are asking and asking and asking, because they are seeking and seeking and seeking, because they are looking for and looking, they are so desirous of it. He says, if you are so evil to give what they ask for. I have a colleague in the office. If he asks for something, you better give it to him because he's going to nag you until you give it to him. So if we knowing how to give people because they are persistent in giving. So you are waiting for your child. Maybe he's not serious about his He's asking for a brand new laptop. Maybe he's not serious. He keeps asking and asking. If he worries you so much, will you give him or not? So you see, we are so busy asking and seeking and finding for what we shall eat, what we shall drink, and what we shall wear. But he was asking or actually telling us about who? The Holy Spirit. And he says, how much more if you ask and seek and knock from the Father to give you the Holy Spirit, how much more will the Father not give this Holy Spirit to as many that does what? To ask him. So, we end with this. If you think you don't have enough measure, keep asking. He will give it to you. If you think you don't have enough measure, keep knocking. He will give it to you. If you think you don't have enough measure, just keep seeking and you shall find. And when you find the Holy Spirit, you will find all. Praise the name of the Lord. Uh, uh, just to embellish this thing that you're saying. Um, I was sharing this with the ministers in training. 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 6. New King James, can you hurry up and bring that up? 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 6. Let's read this. It says, Who has made us sufficient as ministers of the new covenant? Not of the letter, but of the spirit. For the letter kills, but the spirit gives life. The spirit there is in capital S. So when the church begins to teach the letter, nothing changes. But when they begin to teach about the spirit and the spirit of the letter and they teach in the spirit, things change. 
So we have been teaching a lot of teaching, but because there wasn't enough of the spirit behind the letter, and we're not teaching in the spirit and not of the spirit, nothing changes. So both the pastors and the church should switch to the spirit. Praise the name of the Lord. Have you been blessed this evening? Have we been blessed this evening? The hunger will come, but the Lord is able to fill us and feel he will in Jesus' name. Why don't you just bow your heads and just bless the name of the Lord for helping you to be here this evening. You've come here, but we are living here a changed person. Just like Saul, the Holy Spirit is here. The Holy Spirit has taught us. He has ministered unto us. None of us is living here the same. Just put that in prayers. Thank the Lord because you are not living the same. Tell him, I am not living the same. I'm going to live here a better person. On the road, I will hear the Holy Spirit. On my business, I will hear him. In my family, I will hear him. In my marriage, I'm going to hear him speak. In my career, I'm going to hear him speak. And if you think you need him, just begin to pray for him. Pray for the infill of the Spirit. Just ask the Holy Spirit to come upon you and make you a better person. And as we continue in this prayer, the Lord will hear us in Jesus' name. And so, Lord in heaven, we thank you for your word that have come. We give you praise and we give you honor. We ask that that which you have started, there shall be a performance in the name of Jesus. That we shall leave this place a better person in the name of Jesus. Everyone that is hungry for you, Lord, we ask that you shall feel in the name of Jesus. Blessed be to the name of the Lord, for in Jesus' name we have prayed. Can we have a better amen? If you've been blessed, let's celebrate God one more time. The Lord is faithful. The Lord is kind. He is always with us and will always be with us. Amen.